the Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. When the hour came, Jesus took his place at the table, and the apostles with him. He said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he said, Take this and divide it among yourselves, for I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. Then Jesus took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. But see, the one who betrays me is with me, and his hand is on the table. For the Son of Man is going as it has been determined, but woe to that one by whom he is betrayed. Then they began to ask one another, which one of them it could be would do this? A dispute arose among them as to which one of them would be regarded as the greatest. But Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, the greatest among you must become like the youngest and the leader like one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. You are those who have stood by me in my trials, and I confer on you, just as my Father has conferred on me, a kingdom, so that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And you will sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Simon, Simon, listen. Satan has demanded to sift all of you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your own faith may not fail. And you, when once you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. I tell you, Peter, the cock will not crow this day until you have denied three times that you know me. Then Jesus said to the apostles, When I sent you out without a purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? No, not a thing. But now the one who has a purse must take it, and likewise a bag. And the one who has no sword must sell his cloak and buy one. For I tell you, this scripture must be fulfilled in me. And he was counted among the lawless. And indeed, what is written about me is being fulfilled. Lord, look, here are two swords. It is enough. Jesus came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives. And the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he said to his disciples, Pray that you may not come into the time of temptation. Then Jesus withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down, and prayed. Father, 
If you are willing, remove this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to Jesus and gave him strength. In his anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down on the ground. When Jesus got up from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping because of grief. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Get up and pray that you may not come into the time of temptation. While Jesus was still speaking, suddenly a crowd came, and one called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus said to him, Judas, is it with a kiss that you are betraying the Son of Man? When those who were around Jesus saw what was coming, they asked, Lord, should we strike with the sword? Then one of the disciples struck a slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus said, No more of this. And Jesus touched the slave's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple police, and the elders who had come for him, Have you come out with swords and clubs as if I were a bandit? When I was with you day after day in the temple, you did not lay hands on me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. Then they seized Jesus and led him away, bringing him into the high priest's house. But Peter was following at a distance. When they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him in the firelight, stared at him and said, This man also was with him. But Peter denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later, someone else on seeing him said, You are also one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then about an hour later, still another kept insisting, Surely this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. At that moment, while he was still speaking, the cock crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. Now the men who were holding Jesus began to mock him and beat him. They also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophecy, who is it that struck you? They kept heaping on many other insults on him. When the day came, the assembly of the elders of the people, both chief priests and scribes, gathered together, and they brought Jesus to their council. They said, If you are the Christ, tell us. If I tell you, you will not believe, and if I question you, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. All of them asked, Are you then the Son of God? You say that I am. What further testimony do we need? We have heard it ourselves from his own lips. Then the assembly rose as a body and brought Jesus before Pilate. They began to accuse him, saying, We found this man perverting our nation, forbidding us to pay taxes to the emperor, and saying that he himself is the Christ, a king. Then Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? You say so. Then Pilate said to the chief priests and the crowds, 
I find no basis for an accusation against this man. But they were insistent and said, He stirs up the people by teaching throughout all Judea, from Galilee where he began even to this place. When Pilate heard this, he asked whether the man was a Galilean. And when he learned that he was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him off to Herod, who was himself in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was very glad, for he had been wanting to see him for a long time, because he had heard about him and was hoping to see Jesus perform some sign. Herod questioned him at some length, but Jesus gave no answer. The chief priests and scribes stood by, vehemently accusing him. Even Herod with his soldiers treated him with contempt and mocked him. Then they put an elegant robe on him, and they sent him back to Pilate. That same day, Herod and Pilate became friends with each other. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate then called together the chief priests, the leaders, and the people, and said to them, You brought me this man as one who was perverting the people. And here I have examined him in your presence and have found this man not to be guilty of any of your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he sent him back to us. Indeed, he has done nothing to deserve death. I will therefore have him flogged and release him. Now Pilate was obliged to release someone for them at the festival. Then they all shouted out together, Away with this fellow! Release Barabbas for us. This was a man who had been put in prison for an insurrection that had taken place in the city and for murder. Pilate, wanting to release Jesus, addressed them again, but they kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! A third time Pilate said to them, Why, what evil has he done? I have found in him no ground for the sentence of death. I will therefore have him flogged and then release him. But they kept urgently demanding with loud shouts that he should be crucified, and their voices prevailed. So Pilate gave his verdict that their demand should be granted. He released the man they asked for, the one who had been put in prison for insurrection and murder, and he handed Jesus over as they wished. As they led Jesus away, he seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming from the country, and they laid the cross on him and made him carry it behind Jesus. A great number of people followed him, and among them were women who were beating their breasts and wailing for him. But Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me, but weep for yourselves and for your children. For the days are surely coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do this when the wood is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others also, who were criminals, were led away to be put to death with Jesus. When they came to the place that is called the skull, they, cru they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then... Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing, and the people stood by, watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, 
if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked Jesus, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked the first, saying, Do not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation, and we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Now it was about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Then Jesus, crying with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. When the centurion saw what had taken place, he praised God and said, Certainly this man was innocent. And when all the crowds had gathered there for this spectacle, saw what had taken place, they returned home, beating their breasts. But all his acquaintances, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance, watching these things. Now there was a good and righteous man named Joseph, who, though a member of the council, had not agreed to their plan and action. He came from the Jewish town of Arimathea, and he was waiting expectantly for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in a linen cloth, and laid it in a rock-hewn tomb where no one had ever been laid. It was the day of preparation, and the Sabbath was beginning. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed, and they saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, these women rested according to the commandment. At a marriage, 
a couple may choose to exchange rings, wedding rings, as an outward sign of the invisible love they have for one another. Love, after all, is very hard to see, so these kinds of outward signs are extremely helpful for us. Close friends may exchange gifts or hang up pictures of one another. Children might make something to show their love for a parent or a relative. For Christians, the best sign of God's love for us is the cross, and that's why we're happy to hang them in the rooms of our homes. Of course, love calls for much more than signs. Love calls for demonstration, acts that reveal the nature of love. For the next few weeks, we're going to reflect on the love Jesus demonstrates. We're going to explore the love of Jesus through some of his actions witnessed during Holy Week and after. One of the biggest demonstrations of Jesus' love is seen in the breaking of bread. After Easter, some of the disciples only recognized the risen Savior when he broke bread with them. Later in this Mass, I will hold up the Blessed Sacrament, the the presence of our Lord among us in the form of broken bread. Jesus breaks bread. Now, we all know the four basic food groups, Arby's, Dairy Queen, McDonald's, and Tim Hortons. Fast food. These quick meals sustain many of us. I'm not one to eat out much, but I certainly have my own list of quick-to-make meals, and most are designed just to conquer hunger and keep me going till the next meal. In the time of Jesus, however, meals were more than just something you enjoyed because the food tasted good, or just to give you nutrition, or just to get by to the next part of the day. No, meals were an event shared with others. In Scripture, meals are important. Both the Old and New Testaments use the image of a banquet when describing heaven. The sharing of a meal was considered the sharing of life. We still do this somewhat today. A big feature of holidays or other life events is a shared meal. I've never heard of a family reunion or a wedding that doesn't feature a meal. Even funerals have, a food, have food often. We share a meal at these key moments because we want to share life with others. The Gospel for Palm Sunday begins by recalling a famous meal, the Last Supper. Now, in many ways, the Last Supper ended in one of the worst possible ways a meal could end with an arrest. You never want the police to show up in the middle of a meal. But that's what happened. Jesus was arrested, and the disciples scattered. The Last Supper wasn't a failure, though, because the breaking of bread didn't end there. No, Jesus continued to break bread. Jesus broke bread when he appeared before judges. He broke bread when he was scourged and mocked. Jesus broke bread when he accepted the cross, and he broke bread when he gave his life. 
Jesus breaks bread. He shares his life with us. Just before the Last Supper, Jesus said to his disciples, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you. Jesus wants to break bread, to share a meal, his life, with his people. The Mass we participate in is an opportunity to break bread with Jesus, to share our life with him. We break bread together here because we love one another, and we truly want to celebrate the presence of God, and God is so good that we just can't do that alone. We break bread with Jesus here. We share our life because we know we are incomplete without one another as we are incomplete without our Savior. God of all, as we break bread here, may we realize your desire to share your very life with us. May we recognize your Son who gave his life for us. May we recognize the Holy Spirit urging us to depend on your presence found especially in the sacraments and in our shared worship. May the breaking of bread reveal your love and bring us joy. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.